Today's guest is Karen Hobbs. We just had a wonderful conversation with her. Dre and I have known Karen for quite a long time. Uh, Karen is an extremely talented person. Karen has been through a lot in her life. The challenges that we talk about on our show, she's been to the depths of things. She's been to the height of things all while competing in probably 20 or 30 bodybuilding shows, being a mother, being a daughter, being a wife. She's now a business owner. She owns a yoga studio in downtown Boise. She has been an athletic trainer. Uh, she has been a sports and nutrition uh, um, expert. And uh, Karen, I think, will appeal to so many different people. She's so relatable and she has a wealth of knowledge. And so I really think that that um, you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. Um, and, and just to sort of start into this episode and segue into one of the the probably greatest things Karen has ever done. Um, you know, Dre about 10 years ago asked Karen about some nutrition counseling. Dre was really excited. She said, Hey Karen, guess what? I got a bunch of lean cuisines and I put them in my <laughs> fridge and Karen in true Karen fashion, uh, wasted no time and went straight to the heart of the matter. And she said, Dre, why did you buy a bunch of lean cuisines? <laughs> do you want to be a bodybuilder or what exactly do you want to look like? Let's talk about some of your choices. Uh, and so that was 10 years ago and Dre clearly listened. And uh, I think a lot of her humor will come out. And so I really hope you guys enjoy this lesson. Yeah. This episode, I should say, sorry. Well, and you know, to add on to that, it is, the reason why we brought her on this show is because she is that that person that has a lot of life experiences, but she's also someone that with her wisdom, she's willing to have the courage to tell you the hard truths. And I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity to get to have her really show up and, and share with me ways I could have a better life. That's going to be something that I feel like as you show up and listen to this episode, you'll learn some some really great insight and and wisdom from her life experiences. And ways of just being able to stop and continually get curious with yourself because that's like the the bloodline through her her successes is that she's always had that willingness to get really curious with herself. So I'm excited for you to get to know Karen and uh, yeah, enjoy. Welcome to our podcast, Head and Heart by Dan and Dre. So our podcast is going to be a series of conversational interviews to begin what's really a lifelong discovery on an accumulation of data-driven and life-lived wisdom on how to live the best life for you, but not only you, but those around you, in your profession, in your community, to help you achieve your long-term goals and longevity. Yes. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review share with your friends and enjoy. All right. Well, I am really excited about this episode. But before we get into our episode, you know, I love to just paint a picture for how we walk into the studio and some of that talk as as we're showing up and connecting with our guests. And, you know, Dan is a guy of variety. I mean, you never know how he's showing up. <laughs> and today he showed up with a really nice golden bronze, like tanness to your skin. Do you want to talk about that? I, what I would like to say first is that <laughs> my loving, adorable wife predicted this exact moment. <laughs> and 
she has not told you this. So it just, she, she's like Nostradamus. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. All you wives are so smart. I just don't understand. But yes, I will talk about my golden tan. Uh, what inspired you? To have a golden tan coming I'm into the studio today. I'm going to Miami <laughs> tomorrow, and I just felt like I needed to have a little bit of a tan. Well, um, you get an A+. Plus. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Anyway, and enough not, of your tomfoolery. Hold, hold on. We've got to say one more thing so that listeners are really so getting sorry. the vibe today. I'm so sorry to you I all. Mean, I really apologize. He's, he, he almost looks as if you know he's in already been to Miami and has come back. Looks like he's drinking a beer, but it's just kombucha. Mm-hmm. So I know that he's showing up, you know, in his right state of mind. So thank you. Um, I have, I, I like hats. Um, and so I do like these Panama hats. And if anyone gets the chance, this is, this is, I love this because if anyone gets a chance to look at Panama hats, there are, there's a great story behind them about how people make them and how they're woven. And, and they're actually not from Panama. Mm, where Most are they of from? them are from Ecuador. Oh, wow. Isn't that funny? That's interesting. Well, I love that you're sporting it. And I love that it's just, you know, you never know how you're showing up. It can either be in a robe. It can either be, you know, in a nice button up shirt with a hat. How this is going to be like (laughs) the beginning of our show as we develop this. We're talking about, you know, Rishi looking like George Clooney. Yeah. um, (laughs) The outfits that Caleb was wearing and and, and the robe, of course. And and we'll segue that with Karen, who is wearing a really cool Uh leopard print. It looks exactly like Jose's. Oh, yeah. Oh. You guys will see it on the photo. Uh, yes. It's, it's very much same length, same everything. I love it. It's I great. do too. And I have to say one other thing that I love about our, our guest's outfit is this shirt that she's wearing. Don't do basic. And really, that is that is that could be your mantra, Karen. Yeah, I mean, it probably could. It could. <laughs> I, it, you are somebody that I'm, I'm excited to have on the show for so many reasons. I mean, you're one of my dearest friends. You've been one of my greatest teachers in my life. And I know you've been a great teacher in, in many others' lives. It's not just not just my life. And you're about to, you know, share some wisdom that I know is going to inspire and teach a lot of people about just greater ways to possibly manage their life or to also, you know, just be more healthy. And and you always help me understand it. It doesn't have to be so hard. And that's what I loved about the beginning journey with you is just knowing that it's the small steps that get us to the destination we're going for and you know bringing you in and and helping people understand you've been working with people for how long now about 25 30 years 25 30 years and what would you say has been the thing that's kept you inspired all those years to want to continue to help people i would say um as far back as I can remember starting to play sports, um, I always enjoyed team sports over individual sports mm-hmm. um, because I liked the camaraderie. Yeah. And my dad was very um, good at coaching and, you know, pushing and, yeah. and getting fundamentals very strong. And it was an opportunity to kind of help people say, hey, oh, when you're when you're batting, I notice you're pulling your hips yeah. or your hands aren't together or when you're catching, you're popping your head, you know, just little yeah. things. So to pay attention to just little minor things to help people maybe improve their skill, which improved their confidence, which made them happy. You know, I was always um, a team captain, didn't matter what sport it was. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily a position I, I wanted, yeah. you know, I think 
I would rather sit in the background and cheer people mm. on and um, have somebody else to follow. Mm. But I always ended up being in that leadership role. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, even to this date, I would say I don't like being in the leadership role, but I find myself always being there, teaching yeah. and leading and um, kind of steering conversations. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where it's that's really interesting. And I, I love that this is how we're opening up the show, because, you know, one of the the. I, the first time I met you, what you were really involved in is in your competitive life. So you're an IFBB pro and we're going to talk about, you know, what that journey was like to get that pro card because that's a very special accomplishment in the bodybuilding world. And so, you know, thinking that it was, you know, this team sport that you've been really attracted to, you know, when I saw you, I felt like you were, you know, just this individual right. living in this individual sport, sport like world. Um, what, was that difficult or did you feel like you always had a team behind you? I, um, when I first did it, I, someone had seen me at, at a gym. Mm -hmm. I was coming out of physical therapy. I had blown my knee out in high school and had surgery. And yep. after they released me, I had to find a gym to continue my physical therapy. So I was doing my physical therapy and, um, this gentleman came up to me and he said, Hey, have you ever thought about competing? And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Like, what is that? So he just kind of showed me pictures and told me about a show that was coming up. And I'm like, sure, I could use a little like motivation right now coming out of, mm -hmm. you know, this knee issue. And I did the show and I, um, won my class. So wow. <laughs> it was, yeah. But you know, that was way back in the eighties. So, uh, and that's 1980. <laughs> 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 um, uh, and it, there was only bodybuilding yeah. and fitness mm -hmm. and there wasn't figure bikini wellness, yeah. all of these other divisions or women's physique for that matter. Um, and so I was always on the smaller end of it, but in my mind, it didn't matter how big I was going to yeah. be. I just knew that conditioning makes a huge difference, yeah. right? And um, yeah, I just have kind of taken that with me as I progress through shows um, is focus on my conditioning rather than being the biggest one on stage. Yeah, that's, you know, it's um, as you're talking about this, I'm also hearkening back to sort of how, you know, I got involved in weightlifting and it's pretty similar too, where, you know, you start in team sports, you excel in team sports, mm -hmm. some injury or, mm -hmm. or something or life happens, or, or you're just moving on and, and then you get into training because you're so addicted to that. Mm -hmm. And then that sort of takes off and the team sort of aspect of it goes away. It's, it's interesting to talk to folks who have been in that world because that is such a common theme. It you is. know, we, you, people start from team sports mm -hmm. and, and they sort of gravitate towards this. And so, yeah, it's, it's cool to see that talking to different folks. And I would say, you know, um, you know, you go team and then you come into this individual um, sport. And then as you progress through it, you mm -hmm. find a team, yeah. you find mm -hmm. yeah. your coach, you That's find right. your support system, you find yeah. um, all of these people that help you stay on the right path. Yeah. Um, family, friends, um, and then the longer you're in it, the more friends that you make yeah. from all over. Um, and I found quite a few friends that, uh, 
we would go to shows and compete against each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were all there to win, but there can only be one winner. Right. Right. But we were all happy for whoever won because we all know how hard it is, some mm-hmm. of the things that you have to give up and um, how hard it is to organize sleep and work and family and working out and, and all of the other things that go with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we all kind of found a camaraderie there and just help support each other, which is really great. And I still stay in contact with quite a few of them um, and they don't live close. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm curious you, as you were just, you know, sharing that little bit about, you know, you've been competing for, gosh, you competed for, what was it? 20? Uh, about almost 30 years. Okay. So 30 years. So you know that through those 30 years that you were stepping into different roles in your life, you were stepping into motherhood, you were stepping into becoming a business owner, um, you know, training people and also getting yourself ready to compete, overcoming injuries. How did you, how did you do that? Like, how were you able, I think there's so, so many times in people's lives that, you know, you have this one area that you're focused on and that's all you're able to do. But I think as you, you look through the journey that you've had, it's like, you've been able to do all these other things that maybe that's just the one role someone plays in their whole life. How were you able to maintain just the balance or maintain the discipline or, well, you know, when you start learning, there's a lot of mistakes made Mm -hmm. and I don't, maybe not mistakes, but learning opportunities. Right. Um, And you are either open to receive that as a lesson to Mm -hmm. grow and improve, or you keep pushing that same line and making it harder and harder and harder Mm -hmm. and more difficult and less enjoyable. And I remember that first show that I did, um, and this is a really selfish, all sport is selfish, right? Because it takes so much time and Mm -hmm. away from relationships, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But my very first show, you are in the best shape of your life. And I'm using air quotes because I think people can see me. (laughs) Um, You're in the best shape of your life. And then the show is over. And then it's like, well, now what? Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired. I really don't want to go to the gym. I haven't been eating all these Mm -hmm. wonderful things that I want to eat. So I'm going to do all of those things right now. And I'm going to do them in like, a week's time. Yeah. And all of a sudden you, you don't feel good. You're not sleeping good. Your motivation goes in the tank. And then you start playing these mind games mm-hmm. on, Oh, I have to go to the gym. So now you're going to the gym because you have to, yeah. to mm-hmm. try and catch back up to this feeling and this look that you had, which is looks great to most people, but it's probably the most unhealthy you'll ever be, yeah. you know, yeah. um, because there's no balance there. But I did that probably two or three times yeah. and I sat back after the third time, like this is fucking exhausting. Right. Mm-hmm. This is, this is truly yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. I still want to compete, but I don't want to compete like this. Yeah. Like this is, there's gotta be a more efficient way. And so that's when I hired a coach, yeah. <laughs> you right. know, and my husband at the time, he said, why do you want to hire a coach? And I said, because there is so much time that goes into planning that I could be doing something else. I could be doing my schoolwork. I could Mm -hmm. be spending time with our son. I could, you know, so many other things. Um, And so he said, all right, go do it. 
And so I hired my first coach, who was Kimoto, mm -hmm. and he was out of California or is yeah. out of California. Yeah. He has a very successful team and he's an amazing person. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot from him and uh, he's actually the one that got me to my pro card. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I ever really understood supplementation mm -hmm. until I started working with him. Yeah. And um it was just nice to be able to know that I could give like, give up some control and let someone else um, handle that so I could do a better job, <clears throat> excuse me, training mm -hmm. and focusing on my family. And it did. It did all of that. Um, and then maybe the next level to that was, you know, always pushing and going to the next show and to the next show. And, and I remember one year I was just in pursuit of this pro card. And I think I did seven shows that year. Oh, and, you know, each, each prep is about 12 weeks. Yeah. And so you're always going up, coming down and then going back up and coming. And yeah. so I was, I, I had flatlined probably after about the fifth show, but mm. I was like, no pain, no gain. Yeah. See this through. Yeah. Go, go, go. Yeah. And after the seventh one, in which I was prepared to do an eighth, I was like, I, I'm going to do this. And he's like, stop. Mm -hmm. You look tired. You're looking worse yeah. than you did, you know, three shows ago. And for me to hear that, it was like, I don't like being told to stop or that I can't. But then I realized, hey, you know what? That's why you hired him. So take a listen yeah. and step back and take some time and think about it. And he would always have a call with you, you know, post-show to mm -hmm. see like what your plan was. And we'd come together with a plan of, of just rest and just yeah. take some time and, and then come back, you know, the next year and, and see how you felt about it. There's this, and you said some things that really just uh, sort of right in my wheelhouse and it really sort of opens up a thoughts about um i try and talk when i talk to people about stuff like this or even healthcare stuff there there is an upfront commitment you know if, if you're going to be a scuba diver there's time you got to get in the pool there's thousands of dollars of equipment and right. then it gets much easier right there's this bulk of time there's this bulk of effort and, and that period of time is different for all the different stuff um but even though it's hard and even though you're pushing limits even though maybe you're not doing the thing that it will be something in longevity or mm -hmm. in perpetuity, it's setting a stage and it's setting a foundation so that you can actually appreciate exactly what you said is, oh man, I'm not looking better. I'm looking worse mm -hmm. and I'm performing less well, right? And so I just, I want to highlight that for folks out there and that this is a thing. It's not like Karen just doesn't show up and just do this stuff and, and you know, she just showed up and won her first show. She put in a ton mm -hmm. of time and probably more time than other people out there. When folks do that, that's not an odd infinitum thing. That is an upfront, let's sort of bust hump, let's get this mm -hmm. done. And then you can back off. And I, I, I really believe in this concept. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So thank you for, for highlighting that really, really well. Because it'll segue actually into, we'll talk about this later, but it's concept of recovery. Yeah. Right? And you're doing seven shows. There is no recovery. There is time. no recovery. Um, so not to turn well, we'll talk and about I kind of want to uh, just make sure they understand. You know this level that you're you're talking to right now, as far as what you're competing and going for. And so, if you can even share with them a little bit, I mean, you're you're competing in women's physique. You know, and for for listeners that maybe don't know what what that category is, if you could share that, and also, you know, what 
what does it take to get the pro card? I think that's important so we can really highlight the amount of work and, and what the end goal was that you were going for. In the 80s, no doubt, when I wasn't paying too much attention to this, <laughs> but I can only imagine back in the napkin that there was just a handful of women like you in the 80s who were doing this sort of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when things start out, it's small, right? Yeah. And um, like I said, there was only bodybuilding and fitness. So those were the only two avenues that you could compete in. And I chose bodybuilding because I'm not a gymnast type person. I don't want to flip. I don't want to, you know, I was kind of not into the impact thing, especially after the knee thing. <laughs> um, so I knew, I knew where my line was. Um, but oh, where was I going with this? Oh, so since there was only this small group, that meant there were very limited numbers of shows that you could go do. Yeah. Like now you can look at the schedule and there are shows. Sure. 50, 100 shows a month yeah. that you can choose to go to, travel to in your hometown, really close to you where it doesn't cost a lot to travel. Um, so when I first started, it was very, very like you really had to think, okay, it's January. There's a show in September. What's going on in September? I'm going to school. Mm -hmm. I, you know, Casey's going to be this, this age and, um, my husband, he's going to be doing this at this time, you know, lots to plan out, but then you, you set that goal. It's like, I'm going to do this show mm -hmm. and you work towards that show. Now, you know, with these seven shows that I did, yeah. that's when everything started to really explode. Mm -hmm. um, when I realized that my, I had gone to a, um, a national qualifier in Miami and this was back in the eighties. And here's, here's little me thinking, I'm in such great shape. I love my body. <laughs> Woo! And I'm going, you know, and I'm all proud of myself. Yeah. And I fucking get there. Yeah. And I am like, I'm looking like a little Barbie doll yeah. with all these women who are just stacked. Yeah, right. And I'm like, I don't need to be here. You know? <laughs> I need to leave. I'm going to get on the plane and I'm going to go home. And my husband said, oh, you get your butt up there. <laughs> and I thought, okay, a little bit of uncomfortableness yeah. here, but I'm going to yeah. do it. I worked hard and you know, yeah. that's where I am. So yeah. I did it. And then I decided I'm going to take, I'm going to take a little time off. I need to rethink. Yeah. Do I want to do this? Because I know I don't want to look like that. And not talking bad about the way they look, but that's not what I saw for yeah. myself in my twenties as I wanted to look like right now in my fifties, yeah. right? I didn't want to have to try and maneuver that health obstacle there, which I felt it was. Mm -hmm. um, and so I thought, well, I'm going to try this natural bodybuilding. Yeah. And I did that. And um, I was very successful at that. I got my pro card in that. And, but it was such a small um, number of people. And to put 12 to 16 weeks mm -hmm. into something and go on stage and compete against five people or two people yeah. was it, it, there's a mental it, disconnect. Right. There, I right? was just like, yeah. this has no meaning to me. And I yeah. really poured my guts into this yeah. my family sacrificed a yeah, lot for this right. and um so then i kind of backed off a little bit and i went to seattle to the emerald cup and i did bodybuilding again mm -hmm. and i ended up winning my uh 
my division, but uh, the overall, I lost out in the overall, knowing that I probably would because I wasn't yeah. big enough, but I was probably the better conditioned athlete yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had this man come up to me who was pretty big in the whole national circuit. And his name is Kenny Wallach and he's passed since um, in the past, probably 10 years he's passed, but he came up to me and he says, Karen, I think you should think about doing figure. And I said, what's figure. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. said, Oh, you'll wear heels. And you know, you're, you're going to be that body type that, that fits that. And I'm like, mm. Ugh. Yeah. Putting heels on this girl, <laughs> never worn heels. Yeah. But I thought about it, and that's when I had I had hired Kim for that show, yeah. the bodybuilding part. Yeah. And then I talked to Kim about the um, figure, and he's like, "Yep, let's do it." So he put some shoes on me, and I remember <laughs> the first time I went out there. <laughs> uh, there's a pretty big bodybuilder. He just retired this year. His name's Dexter Jackson, oh, and yes. Dexter is like. He's my age and he looks phenomenal. Like he could probably compete another 20 years if he wanted wow. to. He's, he just, he's just, and he's an awesome person. But his wife, um, Gail, was on my team and she was just the cutest thing. And, you know, I came off stage and she goes, girl what the hell are you doing? And I go, what? And she goes, Kim is out there yelling at you, telling you to do certain things and you're not even looking at him. And I go, I'm a deer in the headlights right now. I am so scared because I'm standing in these heels and I just literally standing here. I'm turning and I'm standing. I don't know what to do. You know, I don't get a like pose and do all these things. And then you're off stage. And so I went down and talked to him. He goes, you got to listen to my voice because you're up there. No smile, big eyes, and you're frozen. (laughs) It's like, okay, gotcha. So I went up there and I ended up again, winning that class and uh, had a really good experience in figure, but they started saying, you're just a little too big. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not, I don't fit this. I don't fit that. I don't know where I fit, but whatever. I'm having fun, making friends, having fun. And I enjoy, you know, the challenge. Um, and then here comes Kenny Wallach again, girl, you gotta do women's physique. It's a new thing. It's coming out. It's between bodybuilding and figure. You're going to, you are what they want. And here I am. I'm like, oh, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought about it, talked to my coach about it. And Kim was like, girl, this is, this is your, this is where you're going to yeah. get it. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. So the very first shot out the gate, I win my pro card. Yeah. I hadn't done women's physique at all, wow. but I'd done bodybuilding. Yeah. So women's physique sits between bodybuilding and figure mm. and you can have this nice full round muscle. You can yeah. be lean and you get a pose. You don't have to wear heels. Yeah. So it's really, really nice. Yeah. And um, a lot of my other friends who were kind of struggling with the same thing I was, they fit right in that category. And we all just, yeah. boom, it, we just excelled. And, and um, my group was the first group to, be in the Olympia. So we yeah. were the very first ones, which um, that was very special to me. Yeah. And in fact, we had just uh, gotten married and um, we were going to go on this honeymoon to Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I 
get my birth to the Olympia. Yeah. Wow. So there went our honeymoon. Yeah. And I felt really bad about that. But my husband was like, we worked really hard for this. Yeah. We're going. And you don't know if it'll ever happen again. And so, yeah, we did it. We went. I got I made it in the top 10, which was That's my amazing. goal, mm -hmm. you know, because there's so many amazing people. This isn't just like in your state or in the States. Yeah. It's like the whole entire world, your top ones get to come and just battle it out. Yeah. So it was awesome. And I had a great time. And uh, yeah. So, it's and this journey. is, I mean, it is a journey. It's and, a journey. And I think what's amazing about it is. <clears throat> well, it's a, it's, a, it's a marathon. A marathon. It's a marathon. Yeah. It's not, it's not a sprint. A sprint. No. And I tell this to folks all the yeah. time in clinic. And so I want to use that opportunity to say, hey, this is long haul. And that'll segue into some other things we're going to talk about. Yeah. But this is a marathon, it a is. life marathon in a good way. Mm -hmm. You know, not. And you got to keep your head on you. That's right. And your head has to be straight. Yeah. You can't, you know, I think when you're younger, you're very tunnel vision yeah, yeah, and yeah. you go here and then as you get older and you have more responsibility yeah. and um more knowledge you realize that this tunnel kind of has these little paths right. off to the side that you know you might have to take mm -hmm. and it means that you might have to work a little harder to make it back in there but some of these paths you do have to take yeah yeah Absolutely. I'm sorry. No, I, I love that. Cause I think that's so true. And I think that's been something that you can see if, as you follow, you know, your journey that it has been something that has not been a race. It's definitely been a marathon. And I, I just, am curious, you know, as you have went on this, this <coughs> journey of, you know, competing for almost 30 years and you're working with people too, you know, because people see you and they become attracted. They want what you have right. because you it's a and you see it, it's your physical mm -hmm. appearance and i mean you're beautiful as well and it's attractive and you know one of the things i know that you you would have shared with me and had also asked me is like what is your why yeah you know and so what was your why care to go in and and put your body in this amount of stress to put your mind in in the way of having to detach from the identity of looking this you know perfect physique and being able to just come back and feel you know normal but that normal is is hard to attain when you've been competing at the level you've competed so maybe you can share a little bit about your why and and what what advice you'd give people when they're you know going for a journey in health and possibly they want to take it to the extreme that you've been able to i would say you know my why changed so many times mm -hmm. so many times in the beginning it was i just want to i want to compete again i want to you know see if I can win something um, after you've been on a team and, you know, you experience wins and losses and the agony, you know, and the victory, yeah. all of it. You, you, as a person who grew up being athletic in an athletic home in an athletic family, you're, it's kind of in your DNA to compete. And when I first started, it was like, I want to compete again. And that probably held me through for the first maybe five to 10 years. And then the next, you know, 10 years, now I have school and family and trying to create, you know, this business of personal training and when, which at that time was, there weren't very many personal yeah. trainers. You know, I remember my dad saying, you've got to be kidding me. Mm -hmm. You are changing from teaching to health promotion, your degree, which school has all this like solid foundation. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, be at home with your kid when your kid's home. And I'm like, I'm 
I'm really being pulled over here, yeah. you know, to this health and, and, right. you know, and, and it was a good time for me to get in and jump in. But, um, when I did that, it was more about, can a mom and a student and a business person compete? Mm-hmm. You know, I was curious about that. And it was like, I think I can do it. I think I can do all these things. I can stop know. right there because what notice everyone, what she did. And as she's talking this out loud, and we've said this on this thing all the time, the first thing she did was just being curious. And she Mm -hmm. asked herself that question. And it was an open-ended question, right? This is an open-ended question. Then you went on the journey to figure this out. So this this is going to keep coming up. And every time someone says it, I'm always going to point it out. And so will Dre. But it just starts with that simple thing, right? Right. Uh, I hope I sound like a a, a broken record, record, right? Yes. Sorry to interrupt. but No. yeah, but being curious, like, can a mom do these things? Yeah. Can is it attainable? Can I do it? And I thought to myself, I'm organized. I have a support system. Yeah, I yeah. I think I can do it, and I did it. And then probably in the next twenty um, after twenty years, my why, you know, now I have another child and um, more responsibility mm-hmm. and um, less time yeah. to put forth. Right. Um, how can I make this happen as a mom of two and um, make all this work and still feel like I'm not giving up yeah. a whole lot. Right. Uh, and that worked too. Um, I still did it. Uh, however, um, somebody had pointed, brought me a photo one day of this inspiring picture. Right. And she brought it to me and she said, look at what I found. I think this is the most inspiring thing I've ever seen. And it was a photo of these two little girls standing against a wall, mm-hmm. watching their mom do push-ups. Yeah. And it said, I thought about quitting, but then I looked at who was watching and I kept going. And I looked at her That's and I said, awesome. <laughs> I said 20 years ago, I would have thought that was the most awesome picture in the world. Mm-hmm. But right now that's the saddest picture I've ever seen. Wow. Really? Uh huh. Because she's choosing to do that over spending time with her children is how oh, I viewed it. Interesting. And I had lived it. Yeah. And so my perspective on that was completely different yeah. than hers because she was just starting her journey. Yeah, right. But yeah. I was coming close to the end of my journey. Oh, that's such and a so I had a photo. completely yeah. different outlook on that photo than yeah. she did. But that's just where, you know, growth comes from. That's right? life. That's yeah. life, right? That's- and so you start, I think I think at that moment I started to realize um what was really going to be important mm-hmm. if I chose to compete still. Um, and I had gone through a divorce and got pregnant and was not married mm-hmm. and we were living together and we decided together. I said, I want to do another show. said, I want to see if I can get that, that pro card, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, um, so all right, let's, let's do it. And so we did it, but we also, I was fortunate enough to have my personal training studio in That's my right. basement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So all my clients came there. I didn't have to spend time traveling to a gym yeah. and traveling, you know, everything was right there. Yeah. Um, so I could get up early in the morning, go down to cardio in my yeah. jammies. 
yeah. <laughs> literally in my pajamas and then, you know, do a little bit of lift, train some people yeah. and lift again, you know, cook my food in between. It was very easy yeah. for me. I don't want to say easy as in like no big yeah. deal, but it, it made it very manageable yeah. for me. And every time my little girl would come down to the basement, she was, when I was prepping, she was probably nine, 10 months old. Mm -hmm. And she'd come down with her little blankie and her sleepy face. Yeah. And she would just go like, you know, put her arms up in the air, hold me. And I'd look and I'd like, I have five minutes left on this treadmill. So I'd shut it off. Yeah. Old me would have been like, you got to wait five minutes yeah. and then I'll hold you. But I'm like, I'm not going to get this opportunity yeah. for very long. I don't know yeah. how long she's going to want me to hold her or how often yeah. she'll come down here just to want to be with me. So I'd stop it. I'm like five minutes isn't going to make a difference mm. because I'm good on everything. Right. And not. I've been good on everything yeah. for 20 years. Yeah. Like beat that motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? right. So um, I'd get off the treadmill yeah. and I'd spend time with her. Yeah. And um, I felt so good about yeah. that because yeah. it was something that I never would have done before. And yeah. I think, you know, people say, if you could change anything, what would you change? That's probably something I would love to change mm -hmm. is, the relationship with my older children while yeah. I was preparing for a show yeah. and even others, you know, mm -hmm. but I can't change it. I could only learn from it. If I hadn't done it, maybe I wouldn't see it. Right. Yeah. You know, no, um, exactly but yeah. Right. So my why became more of a personal thing. Like yeah. I love this sport. I love mm -hmm. my friends. I built yeah. a nice community here. Um, I want to represent people in this sport in a positive way. Mm. I want to be classy, not trashy. I want to, if I, you know, say something, I'm walking the talk, mm -hmm. you know, and it's something that people can look up to, but they can also say, Hey, what were your challenges? And I can say, these were my challenges and they're mm. going to be yours too, but it's your choice. Mm -hmm. But look at the big picture. Yeah. That is such a, <clears throat> beautiful example of watching someone progress mm -hmm. and how this starts and how your mental energy and how your focus mm -hmm. changes. Uh, I, I know I still go through this and, you know, my daughter comes down and, and watches my wife and I work out because we also have a home gym and, and we're doing the same thing. You know, it's yeah. the exact same picture of you want to set an example of her and show her or set an example for her and show her exactly how important she is exercise is but, and uh, her. Right. Um, and it's, it's a fine balance and, you know, there's some days you're going to be better than others. And that's not that the big deal is that the, you're learning while you're doing it mm -hmm. and you're cognizant of it and you're thinking about it because there are moms out there right now who are listening to the podcast who have three kids and they're all under seven mm -hmm. and they're sitting there wondering how the hell did you do that? Right. And mm -hmm. it's a, it's a very good question. It's, um, it's, it's a lot of organizing Yeah, and knowing that. You know, for me, it was like, I have cardio. I have to get up before everyone else gets mm -hmm. up so that I don't take time away from them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it also means I go to bed earlier, right. you know, so that I can get up early and yeah. still be present. Yeah. Because if I'm not present, you know, there's a, a saying that, you know, a samurai or a warrior, they have to take care of their heart yeah. the first thing in the morning and they have to make sure their heart's right when they go to bed. Yeah. And that. so... That's kind of how, mm -hmm. you know, I've maneuvered my way through this is each year that I competed, I learned something. And then, you know, I also did martial arts. Yeah. 
no, I, that's another segue, yeah. another thing that I did <laughs> that I absolutely love. Like I, I knew I wanted to do that. Another individual sport, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, the essences of that particular sport um, really matched my heritage, yeah. my Japanese heritage, yeah. even though it's Korean. Mm. Um, just this mind body connection yeah. and that kind of segued me into yoga, which yeah. is what I teach now. Um, but you just learn something about yeah. yourself each time yeah. and then you layer it and layer it, and layer it, and layer it. And pretty soon it, it just comes out on the other it's side. It's a beautiful thing about life though, right? It like, is. Whether it's bodybuilding or, or doctoring or hairstyling or, or running social media stuff, mm -hmm. whatever it is, it's, it's you're constantly learning and you're constantly evaluating and, and, and the ability to to analyze that, analyze yourself, mm -hmm. is it's it's of utmost importance, right? Because things change, opportunities change, your 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 influences change, mm -hmm. and you have to adapt. Because, like we said before, the only constant in life is change. Mm -hmm. And and here you are winning bodybuilding shows, competing for twenty years, and now you're talking about doing yoga. Mm -hmm. You know, and that just that that entire <laughs> yeah. spectrum is. Yeah. It is a spectrum because they're all sort of, you know, along the same things. And mm -hmm. um, it's it's really impressive. I want people to actually want them to stop and think about it. So take the moment here for a second and just <laughs> think about those things because this is tangible. This is real. This can be done. It just takes a little curiosity and it takes a lot mm -hmm. of planning and, and the ability to sort of adapt on the fly and and just be confident in your decisions. And like Jose said, right? Jose said a couple of weeks ago, you're not your past is you. So, you know, don't worry about what you've done in the past. Mm -hmm. Learn from that stuff. Exactly. There are no mistakes, right? Like mm -hmm. you're just learning from what you're doing and, and you got, you're just a, a shining example of that. That's a really great story. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that, you know, just bringing that, that, um, understanding of curiosity in right now, you know, the thing that I think also kept you in this really great path of competing and being in an industry that, can be a little harsh, right? Very harsh. It's very harsh. And you have, have thick skin. You gotta have thick skin. And and but yet you you have like you your heart was so noticeable to me. And I always love that you would look in and, and see, okay, how do I continue to maintain really good health in in this environment? And what do I need to do? And and possibly that other people are not doing. And I remember asking you one time, like, Karen, what do you think is the most important out of cardio, weightlifting, and stretching? And you're like flexibility, absolutely flexibility. Yeah. And so, you know, seeing your journey now moving to this place with, you know, having your aerial yoga studio, which again was the first person that brought it to to our community here in Boise, um, with an understanding of, you know, what it could actually do for strength and flexibility and also for our mind-body connection. How, how did that really come into play in, in your curiosity? I mean, how did you know that this flexibility was going to be a thing that would be age-defying in a way? You know, you always said that's a way that you notice someone's age is if, if they are not flexible. I mean, right. I, you, you can see that, that there's some aging there. So maybe speak to that a little bit as well. Well, I would say, you know, when I was in college and I was, I was actively competing while I was in college in the nineties and, um, you know, you get, in your, I was a health promotion major. So, you know, you get your kinesiology, your, um, kinesiology, all of it. You get, you just get everything as far as like 
what's going on inside your body, nutrition, all of it. And I really found myself just drawn to like how the body ages and what makes, what, what are some things that are good, that are tangible for people to just be healthy, not even compete, but just Mm -hmm. be healthy, you know? And so many things are available that really don't cost anything. And one is water. (laughs) Two is sleep. (laughs) And three is stretching. Yeah. Like you could stretch anywhere, yeah. anywhere. It's free, you know? And um, I kind of held on to that. I was yeah. still really into the weights. Um, I wasn't practicing yoga then, but I did stretch yeah. because I was inherently flexible. Yeah. I didn't ever feel like I was tight or I couldn't forward bend or back bend or, you know, yeah. move. But, um, I had done a show and that's when I was tired. I had done those seven shows. My body was just broken and I really couldn't move very well. So I decided that, and I had also been doing martial arts as well. um, And we stretch, but I decided after that last show that I was going to let go of the weights and all the cardio and go to yoga. And in my mind, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to find some Zen here. Yeah. Oh my God. Did I find war yeah. and battle and I, struggle? Yeah. And I don't know, as you're saying, all it, I'm, like, of I'm, these I'm cringing things, behind right? the mic. Cause I'm like, wow, I can't even imagine just right? doing that. But, right but I, you know, my dad's always like, always put both feet in, Yeah, you know, both feet in. If you're going to do something, both feet in, you know, even my mom, both feet in just, you know, commit. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. And I remember my first Bikram class, I'm wearing leggings, number one, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm a sweater. (laughs) So I've got on this tank top. I got my hair in a ponytail. I'm at 6am class and I am dying. I have no peace. I have no Zen, yeah. zero Zen. Yeah. Sweat is in my eyes. I'm yeah. trying to go hold on to my foot with my fingers and my thumbs and kick it out straight. And I'm looking around the room and everybody, and I see myself in the mirror and I'm like, how come everybody's peaceful right now? Mm-hmm. How is this possible? This yeah. is insanity, yeah. but I love it. Yeah. So I'm going to come back. So yeah. I signed up for a month yeah. and I went every day for one month just to see how my body would change. But in the end, my body changed a lot for the better, but my brain changed even more because I realized I had this internal struggle of letting go, right. Of surrender. We always, you know, Dre, I had to surrender care and I couldn't make it to the class. (laughs) I'm like, awesome. (laughs) You know, and it's totally true. You know, you just, have to surrender you can't fight you can't find peace while you're struggling yeah there there, it is a struggle to get to peace Mm -hmm. but struggle is in the future and all the pain is in the past so you got to be in the present and you got to live in that moment and you got to breathe you got to like you know what i can't balance on this leg today so why am i trying to hinge forward and kick into standing bow Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not competing with her. I'm not competing with him. This is my battle, my struggle. And my struggle is let go of your ego and be in your present moment and build from there. Mm -hmm. Get back to that solid foundation and grow from there. 
And it's a constant, even today, I was at a yoga class yesterday, I was at a hot yoga class. And um, I kept having this distraction from this behind me in the corner. And um, there were people from my past, right? Mm -hmm. That um, I had noticed come in and it, I was completely in center before they came in. And then when I noticed them, as we stood up, I was like, okay, here we go. I got it. This is going to be a lot of work today. And it was a lot of work, but I always had to keep self-talking myself back to being present um, and dealing with only myself. My, their energy was not my energy. Mm -hmm. um, I was just responsible for that four by six area on the floor. And yeah. And, but I came out of that with a really good class because I didn't let it affect me. Mm -hmm. I saw it. I felt it. It was from my past. I dealt with it. They aren't affecting my future. Yeah. Only I can affect my future and how I think and how I live. So be in the moment. The best way to predict the future is to make the future. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. It's all in your thoughts. Yeah. You know, it's all in your current, how you think. You know, a lot of people, like when they meditate, they'll say, I hope to be. And it's like, no, you have to say, I am. You are. And then that's. I am. I am here. I have. This is my right. It is instead of uh, trying to think of the I guy can't who, because. who mm -hmm. wrote this. I want to say it was James Clear and Atomic Habits or something like this. And so if, if I'm wrong about that and you folks look that up, I apologize. But I think it was an Atomic Habits where he said exactly what you talked about. You don't hope you just tell your you identify as that. Absolutely. So if you want to be the person who wakes up four in the morning, you write down on a piece of paper with a good old pencil and paper and you say, I wake up at 4.30 every day. Mm -hmm. Your intention is to identify yourself as what you want to be identified as and right. then make that happen. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Because honestly, you really, the best way to, to, to predict the future is to create that future. Don't leave, don't leave it to chance. Chance is not going right. to, you hope. have to. Hope, hope, hope in great. one hand, shit in another, that's right? That's exactly right. Yeah. That's hope what is my cool. Don't lose hope. But that's not going to get it for you, you know? Say, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. you have to. And it, and it takes work, you, you know, just because you say it doesn't mean what steps are no, you taking, right. what yeah. current steps are you yeah. taking and, and where is that line of fear that stops you? What happened yeah. in the past that yeah. keeps you from staying in the present and moving into the future? Yeah. And you've said so much that we talk about, again, broken record sort of stuff, but just to highlight for folks, because it, 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 it uh, crosses themes, it crosses people, it crosses ideologies. Be in the present, you know, just, mm -hmm. just be in the present and the other things, be prepared for the future, learn from the past, mm -hmm. accept the past, but like be in the present, you know? Yeah. yeah I, really I, um, well. I feel like a lot of people are stuck mm -hmm. from moving forward because they live in the past, yeah. you know, they, yeah. they have this time limit on how much they have to suffer, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. like, um, for instance, um, in my own personal story, when I was going through my divorce, um, I lost my personal training business. Um, I became estranged from my parents and my family um, and mm -hmm. just kind of careened off into this, this other vast darkness, yeah. right? Yeah. Of like, I can do this on my own. I don't need you. Don't tell me what to do. You know, I tried doing the white picket fence mm -hmm. and all of this stuff. So it looked good on the outside while I'm crumbling mm -hmm. on the inside. Um, just let me 
be. Um, I was reading this little thing about a seed before I Mm -hmm. came in here. And, you know, you probably heard a seed has to be completely destroyed before it reaches its potential. It cracks on the outside. It it's everything comes out and before it can grow and become, you know, live its life. And so that's kind of what I went through is like, my shell cracked, I, everything came out and, you know, there's just this space of like my internal compass saying, is this really where you want to be? You know, it's just knocking. And when you go through divorce, you have your kids half the time, you know? And so here I am sitting in my apartment with no dogs, Mm -hmm. no kids and my thoughts, (laughs) you know, and a lot of those thoughts you don't want to deal with because you have fear about them and how you have to deal with them. And then you can say, I can sit here and be with these thoughts and be this person, or I can Mm -hmm. start to make a shift and I can start to change back to this direction. This is really where my compass is sending me. Mm -hmm. I don't need to go South and go deeper and darker. I can, come back into the light and be Mm -hmm. better for it. And you have to truly believe that you can't just say, well, I'm going to meditate and tick that box off. But did you meditate? Did you really do it? Did Mm -hmm. you say the I am's? Did you breathe? Mm -hmm. Did you believe what you were telling yourself? Because most people like when they want to get fit, I went to the gym, I did my six meals and I drank my water. Mm -hmm. What the hell's going on with my body? How come it's not changing? Mm -hmm. Well, there's something you know, you need to take a different look. What, you know, there's just so many other working parts. And so, um, you know, in this journey, uh, in these past 10 years, this is where I'm going to cry. And I warned you, (laughs) 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 um, I hadn't spoken. Crying is crying is welcome here. We (laughs) love this. (laughs) I hadn't spoken to my parents in 10 years. Um, and I found out my dad had cancer. Uh, this last year in 2020. And um, we were at my uh, sister-in-law's house and my cousin had messaged me over Facebook and granted, I I didn't really speak to any of my side of the family. Mm. I just didn't feel like it it was a fair thing. I felt like there would be too much drama. Like Mm. he said, she said, and I just, I didn't want any of that. So um, she had messaged me at letting me know that he was not doing well and um, kind of urged me to go see them. And for me, that's just like so painful, such like, (sighs) I I can't, can I? I can't, I can't do this. And I go outside because I go outside every morning. I've been going outside every morning since Mm -hmm. those past 10 years. And just having my own little meditation sessions. And, you know, that morning, well, after we had gone to my sister-in-law's house, I just looked at Evan. We were getting on the freeway and I said, turn right. And he goes, what? And I go, just head towards Nampa. And he said, why? And I said, I got to go see my parents. And um, he said, are you fucking kidding me? Mm -hmm. And I go, no, man, I, if I say no now, it'll never happen. And he goes, what are you expecting? And I go, I'm not expecting anything. Mm-hmm. I said, I just, I need to just physically see them and 
say goodbye, say I love you. And if it's open for, you know, a reconciliation, then it's open. And if it's not, I understand. But the way they brought me up, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And it was a really um, profound moment for uh, my husband. And they had never met Ava. Oh, no. Yeah. And, um, and I think it was, it was kind of a shock for Mm -hmm. them because I didn't Mm -hmm. announce that I was coming. Um, Mm -hmm. And they, we had a discussion and it was just, it was still not real warm and fuzzy. You know, it wasn't like what you would expect in a movie, but it wasn't a closed door. And for me, it was just, an open door for them. I, you know, if you want to talk to me, if you want us to come over, whatever you want, um, we're here for you. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I saw him one other time before he passed. Mm-hmm. And um, when he did pass, I, I did, I wasn't there. Yeah. And was it sad? Absolutely. Did it hurt my heart? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, however, I was telling Dre one day, I said, you know, I feel like he knew that our relationship was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he would go so that my mom and I could reconnect yep. and um, have a relationship. And really, that's what it's been. I talk to my mom quite frequently. We see her as much as we can. Um, I think it's been two weeks since I saw her last, but that's because we went to Mexico and mm-hmm. um, she got pink eye while we were gone. Oh. Uh, so she's like, gotta wait. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been probably some of the most wonderful um, experiences and opportunities to see her um, create a relationship with Ava, mm-hmm. go to the zoo. She yeah. adopted, um, she rescued a dog um, who's, 13 years old and they're both the same they need each other and it's just it's it's just a nice space to be in and i don't ever i don't expect anything you know i just it it will be what it's going to be and right now it's beautiful and amazing you you were in um you were in a an accepting headspace um And that, that took some time and that's, you know, a lot of the things I think we'll talk about on, on the show. And so thanks for sharing. And that, I, I think they're really beautiful parts about that story. Um, you know, in, in the doctor world, we get to see, we get to see, we sort of have a firsthand seat to a lot of this stuff. Yeah, wow. Um, and it's, uh, it's powerful and it, it's challenging, Yeah. but as much as it's powerful and challenging, it's heartwarming and, it provides focus and perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's this Latin phrase, memento mori, where remember death, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not to keep death on the on forefront of your mind, but to know that, that we are all going to die. It's a, it's the one thing that we all know for it's a the fact, one, right? Mm-hmm. It's the one thing. And I do it. And I think people should do it. And I, I bring this up in segue, um, because it's, it's something to just keep in mind to know, right. look, like be in the present because we are all going to die. And there's mm-hmm. nothing here. There's nothing saying that something's not going to happen to us tomorrow. And I don't mean to be macabre and sort right. of no, it's sinister just, about it, but, but it's just the it's fact. It's a reality. And then if you can really look at that and be like, oh man, 
that, that this is serious. It's for real. It is going to happen. It gives you this pause and hopefully you get this breath and you go, Ooh, okay. Um, all right. I got to think about this. And it really does help drive some of these things. And, um, it's, it's, it does. I'm glad you were able to do that. Uh, you know, yeah. And I still, I realize and I accept that, you know, there are always two sides to a story and, and people interpret things in certain ways and, and have their own yeah. feelings and will deal with them in their own time. Um, and, you know, some sometimes it'll work for people and sometimes it won't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just have to listen to that internal voice yeah. for you, that compass that says, you know, which way are you being pulled? Honor yeah. that. It's it's yeah. like, you know, go with the flow. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're being pulled this way, it's just easier to go that way mm -hmm. than it is to resist it and find reasons why you won't go that way. Yeah. Like what's stopping you from going that into way. that hole? Which I think is, you know, <laughs> the reason mindfulness is so important because when you are able to get quiet, then you recognize the pull, mm -hmm. right? And I think that that's, what what for some people they may never ever connect to you know mm -hmm. they never it may, because their minds are so busy and they're they're unable to focus but that's why you know we go out and and sit outside and like you did for those 10 years it's like that was the journey you know again that not the marathon or not the race but the marathon to just be able to keep practicing to get quiet so that when you got that calling mm -hmm. hey evan turn I need, I need to do this. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you look back, you can start to see how all the dots connect oh, absolutely. and it's, it's amazing. And I, I want the listeners to, to know that, you know, we all know that, yes, we all are going to die. I think to be able to, to really live before we die is, is such an important thought to think about. And I believe, which it doesn't have to be anybody else's belief, but I think the way that, that you live before you die is you learn how to live in the present. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So that you're not having your, your mind just be the thing that's running the show, but you actually become the knower and the know how to rule the mind. Right. And what, what, what are you living for? You know, what, what's your purpose? What's your passion? Yeah. What, what is it that drives you like uh, your guest this last week? Um, he was saying, Oh, Dr. Redden. Yeah. You know, um, for me, it's, it's being a mom, it's yeah. being a wife. Yeah. It's, being a good friend, it isn't any of the things on paper, mm -hmm. you know, that look good to somebody on the outside is, isn't mm -hmm. like, I don't identify really much anymore with a lot of the things on that paper. Yeah. Um, but it, I just look at them as, wow, that helped me learn and get to this point, yeah. even though I don't really identify as an IFBB pro anymore. I would more identify with helping people choose their why if they're going to do a show and want that pro card mm -hmm. like what's your why mm -hmm. what are you willing to give up to get to that point and can you really put it into words mm -hmm. um but i i hope people learn to live in a present moment i was sharing with you last night a book that i'm reading called ichigo ichie and it's it's basically saying you have one moment in time that will never happen again. So stay in that moment. This moment at this table right here will never happen again. Mm -hmm. Our connection, how we know each other, 
um, this conversation will never happen again in the same exact way with the same exact feeling. Mm -hmm. So when you're in these moments, you need to really be present. How, how is the room lit? How is the table set? Mm -hmm. How, how does everything smell? How is our, our connection, you Mm -hmm. know, um, is it bringing us happiness and joy? And, you know, this brings me great happiness and joy to Mm -hmm. talk about things like this because, I think so many people are lost, especially after last year. And it's, you know, I, I not that I, I want to put these things in box. I don't love labeling things and putting them in a box. I think there's, there's, there's a lot of detriment to that, but there's also some benefit that can be gleaned from it. And, and I'm curious your thought. Um, so I'll pick your brain a little bit. I, I think that you can sort of distill maybe the most important things in life. Uh, that sounds a little grandiose. And so maybe I don't mean it as, as sort of big as that, but in my mind, you know, I'm a, a simple knuckle dragger kind of guy, right? And so I, I sort of focus on five things and, and I encourage people to focus on five things. They're, they're sort of big overriding categories, but I think it encompasses a lot. So I'd love to hear your thoughts, but one nutrition, uh, two sleep. This is not in a particular order. Right. Uh, three exercise, uh, four, your personal, emotional, mental well-being, and five, my five changes from time to time. And so if I've said this on the show before, um, it's you now. <laughs> but it's right now in this moment, um, uh, I, I want to talk just about um, uh, goals. So goals, having a purpose, this sense of purpose. But I think those five things, if, if someone were to say, man, God, I listened to Karen. She was so inspiring. Like she had these things that just rung my bell, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like people could look at those five things, focus on those five things, and it's going to take branches and rabbit holes and stuff, but like, those are the things. Talk that through. Hmm. I think first would be if you're going to set a goal and you want something and you commit to it, yeah, just like a marriage or a relationship, you have to have so much integrity with what you're going to to do and how you're going to do it. You have to listen to that internal compass, right? Mm -hmm. What are your core values? Mm -hmm. Do you believe in what you say? And do you do what you say? Mm -hmm. So that is probably one of the top things for Mm -hmm. me is, is integrity with setting the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not about setting it so someone else will acknowledge it. Yeah. It's it's truly about if it's something that you truly desire, like desire in a good way, not to prove to somebody else, but uh, truly for yourself. Yeah. You have to be have so much integrity with your word. Yeah. You're going to do it. Yeah. You have to have acceptance mm-hmm. in that you're going to fall. You're mm-hmm. going to make mistakes. Um, and these are all mind things, right? They're not tangible things. These are all things that, you know, you can't go by integrity. You Mm -hmm. can't go by, you know, the, the purpose or the passion. It it comes from inside of you and that comes from sitting in silence. It really, really, truly does. And I'll segue just for a sec. Keep your thought mentioned. You keep this, but before I do anything, before I have a new goal, before I have a new anything, before it's, Everything still to this day, I will sit and I will write it down on a piece of paper and I'll say, let's say I wanted to be, I don't know, president of the United States. Right. I would write 
Dan you should Noonan, do that, Dan. President of the United States. <laughs> and I look at it. Uh-huh. I look at it and see how it feels. And I'm like, right. Because all you get all these emotions. I'm, my wife's probably been on my computer before, and she's like, <laughs> "Dan Noonan, chief of trash collection and voice. What the? What is this? Dan Noonan wants to be the president of the United States. <laughs> no, he does not. No, he does not. And but, I'm voting. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, social media is going to love that. Um, but but because for that exact reason, because I'm that's my integrity check. Right. Do I look at this and is this something I just want to like have a title? Do I just want to do something and ha- or is it something that I feel on my mm-hmm. inside core? And that is like my litmus test, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Like, I love that. like it's like they're threads, right? Yeah. The thoughts right. and the passion, they're threads and you start weaving those threads and yeah. then you can put the garment on. How does it feel? Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's like, mm, it's a little tight. It's yeah. a little stuffy. Yeah. I'm going to kind of rethink this. Yeah. But you know, going back to goals um, and, you know, this life thing, health and health encompasses nutrition, exercise. One, yeah. So you combine my three into one. I all like into it. one. I love it. Because you can't just have part health. It's, it's earth, wind, it's fire, like right? It's like telling you your, need it your, all. your uh, <laughs> cardiovascular patients, you know. You could just do this, but you don't have to do that yeah, other stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. nope, if no, you right. want this outcome, you got to do this, this, yeah. and this. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do this, this, and this, then you can expect this outcome. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. I would tell personal training clients who were wanting to, to just look good and, and lose weight. You know, well, I'm not going to give up my wine or my vodkas. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I really, truly don't care. This is your your journey, not mine. I'm just like your little guru on telling you, you know, if you don't want to give those up, don't expect a six pack. No, that's right. That's right. You know, Mm -hmm. just don't expect it and don't try and outwork Mm -hmm. it because it's not going to work. Yeah. It's so funny (laughs) you bring that up because we do it in, I do it in clinic all the time. Yeah. Because, you know, there, there's a direct correlation with Mm -hmm. the most common heart rhythm problem called atrial fibrillation and alcohol. Direct correlation. And people always want to say, ah, do I really have to give up the glass of wine? Well, no, you don't. And I'm not going to be the guy to tell you to do that. But if you really want to get rid of this and you want to make some, make the changes and you don't want to have to undergo these surgeries and these drugs, and all, then probably yes. Like, yeah. you know, let's, let's just call it what it is. But mm-hmm. if not, that's cool too. Mm-hmm. But just know, know what we're going to do. think how much headspace. Oh man. Yeah. That takes yes, to yes. go, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore yeah. because I want this. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a lot yeah. of commitment, you know, and sometimes people will fall, Absolutely. you know, like we, like we said, um, and then they feel like they've completely failed. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to give up. That's and the worst thing you can do. That's right? the worst thing you can yeah. do is just give up. You yeah. know what? I ate a bag of cookies today. I'm just going to finish another bag and start over tomorrow. It's like, you know what? Acknowledge. Okay. I had, I fell off right here. I'm going to get right back on. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do extra cardio. I'm not going to starve myself. I need to just, why did I do that? Why did I do it? Nobody has ever asked themselves. Why? Mm -hmm. Why did I fall off? Why did I choose? You know, I got two paths. And I'm on this path right here and everything's going good. And now I have this decision. Why did I go over here? It's, it's, Am I a bad person because I went over there? No, absolutely not. Right? not. Yeah. Especially if you go, why did I do that? Yeah. 
you know, you could sort of, we could have an, an analysis paralysis about this and why people do that. You know, we could do that for a long time, but it's sort of, in my mind, it doesn't matter. You are going to fail at some point. You're not fail, but you're going to fall off the wagon. You're going to eat the bag of chips. You're going to mm-hmm. not skip three workouts. You're going to go right. to vacation, whatever it is. And that's not the big deal because that is 100% going to happen. The big deal is just getting back up. Just right. put what your bootstraps on and do and move on. Like that's the thing. And in fact, I would posit that people grow exponentially more when they become better at doing that mm-hmm. rather and lamenting themselves and, and, and mm-hmm. being hard on themselves when, when you, because guess what? Everyone listening to this is going to do that. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, and that's resilience, right? That's right. And it's like being able to, to be either triggered or to fall down and to get up quicker. Yeah. That's becoming resilient. And I think when you are in the goal setting process, it's so important to also pay attention to your emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. you know, starting to understand not only why did I do this, but how did I feel? Mm-hmm. And and be able to get out of that triggered state so that you can think clearer because your answer is not going to come right then, yeah. usually when you fall because you're upset. Mm-hmm. So to know like, okay, you know what? Let me just get back to a feeling of feeling more calm mm-hmm. so that I can think better. And that's really what it means to be resilient. And the more that we can gain strength in that, the more you're going to be able to really see things more clearly mm-hmm. and understand you even even more Understand why you do, why you fall, and also understand that you can get back up. Right, and, le- and don't let's not gloss over that. No, because I think that is such an important point. Is that as you do this, you do this a couple times, you fall, you, you you know whatever. Look at look at your you're not achieving the goal you wanted, and you analyze that. It's, it's you're gonna do that, right? But the more you do it, the better you get, mm-hmm. and you become significantly more knowledgeable. And your eyes get opened so much. Mm-hmm. And this happened in the pandemic, right? Right. You know, we couldn't go places and you're thinking, you're sitting at home and you're, you have time on your hands mm-hmm. that you didn't have before. And so you're like, why the hell was I working 16 hours a day? That's insanity. Mm-hmm. And so now you can, and, and I use that, and that's not a, I'm not right. saying anything to the people at my employment or my <laughs> partners. I'm just using that as an example. But point In is, general. you can do it, exactly, <laughs> generalize. You, you do it for everything. And you're like, wow, you really can have your eyes open to this stuff. And mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, don't gloss over that point. That's a really, that's a really big deal. I want to, before, because we are, we're going, um, uh, I, I want to hit a couple things. Okay. Um, I love that you're into yoga now. Um, <laughs> I really like it a lot because I'm a terribly inflexible dude. <laughs> and I would also imagine that every dude listening to this is also a terribly inflexible dude. Uh, what I have started recently, and I completely swiped this from a guy that I follow online, is this morning ritual, which I have loved because um, I love Buddhism. I love the thought of being connected and centered. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about this maybe last week or something, but the five Tibetan rites, you know, and so mm-hmm. I've been trying to get up and do that and, and compare that or, or add to that things like Qigong, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of these yoga poses, mm-hmm. but I'll spend 10 or 15 minutes stretching, um, addressing meridians, um, waking parts of my body up mm-hmm. and doing these things have been around for 2,500 years. 2,500 years. Some 4,000. Some 4,000, right? (laughs) They know what they're doing and they seem a little silly, but um, uh, so I I could tell people my routine and maybe I'll put it online again, which I completely sort of borrowed from someone online, but I'd love to know, you know, people sitting there listening and, you know, 
Um, they want to think about stretching. They want to think about yoga. They don't want to hurt themselves. They want to wake up in the morning, give them a couple of things they can do to sort of energize their day naturally um, and stretch. I would say when you first get up, mm-hmm. you have to, t- you have to breathe. Yeah. yeah you yeah, have yeah. to breathe. Oh, yes. You have to yeah, breathe. Yeah. And tell them how to do that. Okay. Inhaling is always through the nose. Repeat that just so everyone is very clear. Inhaling is through the nose. There's a lot of different types of breathing. um, But in yoga, the most utilized is called um, ujjayi pranayama. Mm -hmm. And that is in through the nose, out through the nose. And they'll warm up with in through the nose, out the mouth. Just so that they get a nice rhythm. But most people can't breathe through their nose so you'll get or this don't breathe through right? nose. they can but they don't and you get you'll see a lot of this <gasps> yes mm-hmm. and that stimulates that fight or yes. flight response yes. right yes. so it sends you immediately into out of the zen mode yes so just starting to breathe just practice breathing in through your nose and out your nose and so if you guys are listening to this i'll use this as a keep nose nasal, nasal breathing right this is Uber, uber important. And I will direct anyone's attention towards a book that I'm reading that I think is truly lovely. It's called uh, Breathe. I uh, bought it and, and I, it's on my next, it's under, it's it in is, my stack. It is astonishing. Yeah. It is a really good book to go over in everything fact, your you're wife about recommended to, it to that me. you are going to, uh, oh yeah, nice, that, that you're going to talk about. And, and this nasal breathing stuff, it's not some woo woo thing. It's not, um, it's, it, it is for real it is legit and the the health benefits are nothing short of profound Mm -hmm. and and i will say when when i first started nasal breathing yeah and it wasn't that it was extremely hard it was just very mindful for me it was like oh my gosh yeah you know and then you're like when you first learn you're like Yes. And she's still counting to eight and I've already <laughs> brought in all my air. Yeah, 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 and yeah. and then it's exhale. Yeah. And it's like, oh, now she's still counting and yeah. I've pushed all the air out. Yeah. You know, it's right. slow. It's like through a straw. It's yeah. like you're smelling flowers and yes. blowing out candles. That's that's like what it should be. It should be soft and easy. Um yoga and breath yeah. and that connection, it, it's uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the Sanskrit term. Um, sukham. Oh, anyway, it's to find a comfortable seat. Uh, okay. Stira sukham. Aha. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not in my yeah. brain right now. Yeah. But anyway, it's to find a comfortable seat. And most people um, identify yoga with, you know, standing bow pose, splits, mm-hmm. um, all of these yeah. things that you see on Instagram that are Wow, mind yeah. blowing. Mm-hmm. It literally is yoking the mind and the body yeah. with the breath. Yeah. Yeah. So you have breath has to come first. Yeah. So in through the nose, out through the nose. And, you know, a good way to practice that is breathe in for three, out for three, do mm-hmm. that like five, four or five times. Mm-hmm. Then try and go to four. Right. Breathe in for four, out for four. Yeah. That for and they'll talk about this box breathing concept, right? You right. breathe in for three or six, mm-hmm. you hold for and three you or retain. six. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're uh, chaka yeah. I think is what it is but anyway you can go through that and then yeah. you just find that that place it's like four is my number today yeah. four mm-hmm. I'm gonna in for four out for four yeah. and you know you can just sit in your bed stretch your arms over your head maybe interlock your fingers mm-hmm. move right and left lateral movement 
sit on the bed, reach forward, let your head fall into your lap and maybe reach for your toes. Yeah. Um, and then you can sit and stand straight up and mm -hmm. do that same forward fold. Allow yeah. the knees to bend, let your head hang heavy and just allow all the stress and tension. I always tell people to bookmark these spaces mm -hmm. in their bodies that are heavy yeah. and hold tension right. and breathe into those spaces, yeah. you know, and then just reach right back up, stand up. It's like a little sun salutation. Yeah. You reach up, look at the sun. Maybe your hands touch. Maybe you take a yeah. small back bend. And you can just do that forward bending and rise up and bring the hands together. Yeah. And just do that a few times. And that's probably enough just to get you started. Yeah. It's not It's not rocket science. It's not. It yeah. really, really isn't. And, you know, you, there's not a pill. There's not an exact formula on what to do. Mm. But listen to your body. It's like telling a personal training client, you know, they'll say, where, what heart rate zone should I be in right now? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, where do you feel you should be right now? Mm -hmm. You know, even if you did the formula and had the number and yeah. you're at 75% mm -hmm. and what's my maximal fat burning yeah. zone? Yeah. You don't have one. Yeah. You just don't worry about that. Just do, just go for a walk. Yeah. Enjoy the walk. That's You'll right. get more out of that walk yeah. than you will trying to crush it mm -hmm. on the street on the treadmill or the stepper. We've talked, we, I, I do this all the time. It's like you're in my brain a little. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danny boy, let me in there. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little nervous right now. Uh, but people do that, right? They want to jump to like the Uber smart stuff, the Uber technique, techie uh -huh. stuff. It just, that stuff will come, man. Like that stuff will come. The supplements will come, the stuff, the, right. you know, whatever, looking at your perfect body percentage, that stuff comes. Do the simple stuff first. And, yeah. and once you get to a point where you're making some progress, then you can add those tweaks in. But just like do the simple stuff. Don't make it overwhelming. Don't right? make it so scientific. Yeah, just, Don't just do make it. it let it be part of you who you are right, right? like yeah. i can know when i'm at 154 beats a minute and yeah. i know when i'm at 163 yeah i know yeah. I don't even have to look yeah. at but my watch. You folks out there who don't pay attention to this stuff, you're not going to know that right away. No. Karen uh -uh. knows that for 30 years of right. doing this. Yeah. But, but this takes time. It takes yeah. time. Yeah. And, you know, you will see internal changes yeah. before you will see external changes oh, 100% yes. of the time. Yeah. So if you think, you know, you haven't lost any weight in four weeks, mm -hmm. I can guarantee you your heart rate's lower. Absolutely. Your blood lipids are lower. Yep. Your blood pressure is lower. Yep. You have clearer thought process. There are things internally that happen mm -hmm. that will eventually show up on the outside. And that has always been my go-to. It's yep. like, I'm going to, I got to take care of what's in here. Yep. So it will show up out here. And when I'm 50, people will know. Yes. And I think I've kind of, met that goal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dre asked me yeah. one time in the gym, she goes, Karen, what's your spirit animal? Mm -hmm. And I looked at her, I go, it's a tortoise. Uh, and she looked at me and she goes, what? Wow. <laughs> I did not think of that would come out of your mouth. And I'm like, yeah, I want to live to be a hundred. Yeah. Tortoises are slow. They don't sprint. Yeah. They take their time and they go into their shell when they need to oh, man, that's a really pretty answer. I like that. And a then lot. they come out when they're ready to experience, you know, the world. And um she got me a list little tortoise um oh. little quartz thing and I have it by my bed. But everybody always now 
my my kids yeah. got me this nice wooden carved tortoise for Mother's Day, and yeah. it's really cool. I feel super inadequate because I feel like my spirit animal is a bobcat because I <laughs> I get up and, and walk in the morning, and, and I live, we live in the foothills, and I have a bobcat that walks with me every now and again. Uh, and so, in, in the operating room, the the guys have been like, "Oh yeah, that's your spirit animal," and I'm like. I, I liked it, but I sort of like tortoise better now. Yeah. <laughs> I know most people yeah. don't even, you know, wouldn't even think about that, but I've held on to that one for a really long time. Yeah. That tortoise and the hair story, you know, yeah, really so resonated as a kid. Yeah. And I kind of held on to that and just kind of aligned with it yeah. and just told myself, you know, slow and steady. Yeah. It's not a race. Yeah. Oh, that's really yeah, pretty. So, okay. So I'm not going to let you get off the hook though. Okay. So, um, so flexibility, we talked about that. You gave some great examples. I'd also add, just look up the five Tibetan rites and folks can do this mm -hmm. and, and, uh, just, just do it. Don't ask questions. Just do it. It's simple. Anyone can do it. Doesn't matter the age. There's actually mortality data behind this. So there's this test about when you get older, um, about people living longer and it's called the get up and go test. And if you can get your ass off the ground, you're going to live longer and mm -hmm. you are, you do better. And so there's, this is a very real thing. And so these things will help coordinate that. Um, you talked about age defying. For those of you who know Karen, Karen is 54. Karen looks like she's about 31. Yep. Um, and if you think for any second that I am too, too fluffing you or fibbing in the least, <laughs> I am not. Um, and, and that's a testament to what Karen is saying today. And so um, Karen can talk all day about how folks can do this when they're younger, how they can do this when they're mid-age or even when they're a little bit older. This is not an age thing. You can do this whenever, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's never too. It's just like deciding to exercise or yeah. deciding to be positive or, you know, whatever. It's never too late. Yeah. Only you can tell yourself it's too yeah. late. And we, we do that all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not too late. And then, you know, sort of fall off the wagon four weeks later because you don't see the, the things we were just talking right. about. You don't see the, t the but those external. things are happening on the inside. Mm -hmm. You got to keep up with that. You yeah. have to be stronger mm -hmm. to steal it from Dre. You got to be stronger than your excuses. Mm -hmm. Give it some time. Yeah. And, you know, this is a marathon, not a sprint, right? Mm -hmm. um, what would you tell your younger self? My younger self? To be patient. And of course you did tortoise. Of you know, course that's what you said. To be patient because I, I <laughs> when I was younger, not patient. Mm -hmm. My grandma yeah. told me this story one time. Um, this is my mom's mom. And <laughs> she said, you are the most stubborn kid I have ever met. Mm -hmm. Your dad told you, you would never be able to stand on your head. And yeah. I was little, I don't know how little I was, probably like three or four. Yeah. You'll never be able to stand on your head. And he walked away from you yeah. and you practiced for an hour standing on your head until you got it. Yeah. She said, your face was so purple. I thought <laughs> you were, I was going to have to stop you. <laughs> and so, you know, just try and try and try and keep mm -hmm. going and keep going. But you get, you know, if you're not patient, you miss the beauty. Yeah. You miss the opportunities to learn. And you're, it's like driving down the most beautiful, I told this in my retreat this last week, imagine yourself right now driving down the most beautiful landscape you could ever possibly imagine. And you don't really have anywhere you need to be, mm -hmm. but some of you are going to drive so fast, you're going to miss it. Yeah. And some of you are going to want to slow down and stop the car and get out 
and look around and yeah. take it all in, yeah. be present, yeah. right? That some people just want to, phew, I want to get to the next thing. Yeah. That was awesome. Next thing. That was awesome. Next thing. And it's like, what did you, what did you get from that? And yeah. they're like, did you, did you see those red flowers with the hummingbirds mm -hmm. in them? Yeah. I didn't see any red flowers at all. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it's, it's just, you, you miss that whole thing. Yeah. And that, that Ichigo Ichia is yeah. never going to happen again. No, that's right. You're going to miss it. Yeah. And so I would tell myself, be patient. Yeah. Be patient. Mm -hmm. It will mm -hmm. come. And, and be present. You know, the, the people talk about the river, you know, uh -huh. the river be doing this, like the river sort of looks the same mm -hmm. and it doesn't change much. But it's every nanosecond. Every. Is it's mm -hmm. constantly moving, but it doesn't really change. But it is in fact changing all the time, it right? It is in fact changing every yeah. grain of sand, yeah. every insect that hits the water, yeah. every fish that swims through changes mm -hmm. the direction, right? Yeah. Every rock is being eroded just yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. So all these things are happening, but mm -hmm. nobody's paying attention. Right. Sure. And so, yeah, just yeah. be present and be patient. So true. Yeah, I love so that. It's, 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 it, have you got through the list? Are you good? <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm just looking at the list and just see if there was, I know we could do this forever, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, yeah, I think, but um, probably in the interest of everything. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, um, I, th I know that people are going to be interested in knowing how to find you, Care. And so I want to give you a moment to get to share, you know, where, where they can find you and uh, how they can look up and keep learning from you. So uh, keep that in your thought for a moment because we're going to go there. But first we have to go to the common sense department. We're going to have to transfer to the common sense Transferring department. Her. I feel mm -hmm. like um, she's going to come up. I'm, I'm putting her on the spot. Mm -hmm. I sort of feel like she's going to come up with something big mm -hmm. that might blow our minds. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it'll blow your mind. I, I think, think it the simple might. things blow our minds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my common sense department, I thought about it a lot last night and um it's something that I tell my yoga class every time I end it um, is just to be kind, not just to other people, but to yourself, because that is yeah, a reflection yeah, yeah. of you, Yes, um, how you treat other people. So you really have to be kind to yourself. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's so easy to be down on yourself, yeah. but be nice to people. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of lessens who you are mm -hmm. it it makes you not as important and yeah. you are important yeah. and so i i told our friend jamie i said if you heard your daughter say those words that you say yeah, that yeah. you said right now yeah. it would wreck you yeah. it should wreck you that you say those things to yourself yeah. mm -hmm. so you never know who's listening yeah. right well if my mom or my dad feels that way about themselves i am half that person yeah. maybe i am that too you know you just don't know how people are going to interpret that yeah. so you have to really i would say be kind to yourself i love that that's really pretty and mm -hmm. we've talked about this a lot too and, and maybe even on our first show right but um some of the greatest advice i ever got was my eight-year-old daughter mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right um, and she said love yourself first and yeah um, and you're saying, you know, same thing, be love yourself, be kind to yourself. Yeah. You can't love anything else if you don't yeah. love yourself. No, that's, that's, yeah. that's a great piece of advice. I love that. Yeah. I love it too. I love it because, you know, <laughs> everything that we, we have talked about is that it takes work, you know, mm -hmm. it takes work to really start to understand who you are so that you can really love 
love you, you know, right. and become the love of your life. That's one of Jose's messages. And I, and I love it. And, and I hope with people listening that this is, you know, something that, that they realize that they're investing in really good information to start the process or to be inspired to continue the process. Cause it's a lifelong journey, It is, you know, to do the work, to be kind to ourselves and to love ourselves. So, um, Let's let's let them know how they can find you to to learn more from you or come to your studio. I mean, how can our listeners find you, Karen? Well, my um, aerial yoga studio is called Dash, and it's at eight one nine West Idaho in downtown Boise. Um, our website is dashaerialyoga.com. You can find us on Instagram at Dash Aerial Yoga, um, and just follow us there. Yeah, that's and, and and I'll also plug this, but my wife and her friends went on a, a, a girls' weekend just a couple of weeks ago. They didn't go anywhere because we're in the middle of a pandemic, but uh, but they went to they stayed in Boise and they had a remarkable time. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they had so much fun. Had a lot, they had a lot so of fun. much fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Thank you. It was well, it was great because they came in with no expectations. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and instead of these preconceived what was going to happen, I was yeah. just like, just whatever happens will happen, and we'll have fun with it. Yeah. That was awesome. Thank you. And to, to the folks out there, as we're sort of winding this up, I, you know, I'm, I'm struck as I'm thinking about some of these shows and some of these themes that show up. A lot of our guests haven't met each other. They don't talk to each other and, and we're not prompting them or preempting them to say, I, we sort of love the, the raw natural stuff. There's a little bit of prep work, but not a lot. Um, as far as what, what, what they should say or can say kind of thing. Um, but every show like these themes, they're just coming through. Yeah. Right? And, and, and so my point to that is these are real tangible themes that people who have been to the depths of stuff, have been to the heights of stuff, have successes, have failures, have real life. They're real people. You know, we're all just sort of, but we notice these things. And so this is what we're trying to share. And it is just astonishing to me that there are, there are some common themes. There are two, three, four yeah. common themes. And I hope you guys are picking up on that because that is just, that strikes to the core of our show, right? Don't you yeah. Know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, as, as we end, I always, I always think of so many ways that I want to, you know, sign off to say, and today it's, it just came so profound is just, you know, set your goals. And as you're setting them, I love what both of you talked about is, you know, try them on. Put them, on, put them out in front of you and then ask yourself, you know, how does this make me feel? And so I want to encourage our listeners to, to do that. Take that today and let that be your power. You know, really go into those desires and those thoughts and, and things that maybe you hope or, or wish you could become. Write it down and try it on yeah. and, and, and be curious, yeah. you know, stay curious. So I want to thank our listeners. I want to thank Karen for being a part of our show today. And, you know, always thank you for being a part of this journey and our community and we're excited to be back on and connect some more with you on our social media um our upcoming episodes so take care and and enjoy your day 